Look at that guy's painting. It's so <laughs> yeah, terrible. Yeah. Oh, I'm drunk. <laughs> you are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Hello, and welcome to the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast. My name is Crofton Steers. I am the Butch Cassidy of this podcast. With me are my two uh, friends, colleagues, and co-hosts. First, please welcome the Sundance Kid to my Butch Cassidy. I am talking, of course, about Mike Hodgins. Michael, welcome. Sweet. As far as I know, there's two. The movie's called Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I guess Bo is like extra number four who gets shot. And please welcome uh, the second co-host, our horse... Bo Schwartz. Ah. <laughs> Can he be the pack mule? I don't want to ride him. Yeah. Uh, we both get on. He's like, whoa, one at a time, please. <laughs> How are you, gents? Well, I ate some straw today and it was very good, but I prefer carrots. Quiet, horse. Carrot. My day was well. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, uh, because this is, this is going to be airing after this event i can talk about it i'm actually in the process of organizing my mom's 70th birthday hmm, the big um, zero. yeah i know it's funny because it's my mother is is widowed which a lot of older people are at, at, at this point and so like you know the significant other can't be necessarily counted on to organize the big day so my brother and i are just sitting around and we're like how old's mom turning this year and then we re- did some quick math realized it was 70 and s- started freaking out and we're like what are we supposed to do and so i've orchestrated all this sort of web of lies uh to surprise my mom on the weekend but i'm just a little concerned because my brother says i'm not a good liar he says i keep adding details to the stories that are unnecessary and complicating things so I, I would say it's probably true. If you're gonna like lie, and you need to make up, you know, a, a cover story, it's like keep the, the the details minimal. But more, you know, if more gets complicated, there's more for you to remember and then trip over when you're like, she's like, didn't you say that? You're like, oh, I just meant. That's exactly what's happening. Complex and I, lies. And I said, I said, uh, and my wife has accused me of overcomplicating lies as well in the past. But uh, but in this case. In this case, like I, I said, Nick pointed out stuff like he's like, why did you tell her that the reservations at eleven forty instead of eleven thirty? I'm like, because we're going to get there at eleven forty. Everybody else is going to get there at eleven thirty so that they can surprise her. And he's like, nobody makes reservations for eleven forty. <laughs> nobody makes them. And, and I'm like, uh, but. I, I, she's like, she's going to be suspicious. She's going to be like, who makes a reservation at 1140? Clearly there's a surprise happening or whatever. So these are the types of details that I, I'm, I'm uh, without guile. Uh, oh, yeah. not My guile is lacking. Yeah. Especially when you could have just said 1130 and by, you know, I know that's what he said. But yeah. And you just being yourself, you could have been late because yes. that's probably how it would have happened. So that's she would have exactly. been none the wiser. I know. He he said – and just he said like he should have been the one because I was the one saying we're getting her to go to this restaurant for like – we're making her think that we're just taking her out or whatever. And um, it's just funny because I was the one that asked her saying like, hey, mother, I made a reservation, which is true. I did make a reservation but Nick's like it's so out of character for you that for sure that set off warning bells. And you called if, her mother instead of Barb. 
Uh, I don't remember. Did you call your mom Barb? <laughs> I do sometimes. I do Whoa. sometimes to tease her. I don't her. think I've ever actually referred to my mom with my mother's name. Yeah, I, I cannot. I didn't well, go like, "Hey, Heinalka, can you well, pass we were me the kids. ketchup?" These pretzels are making me thirsty. Go ahead, sorry. When we were kids, it drove her nuts when we would do that. She and so we did it to drive her nuts, right? Okay. So, and, as and, any good tween or teenager will. And now you're just in the habit of doing it because you did it as a youngster. Correct. Weird. Hmm. Yeah, Mike, you ever called your mom like just been like, uh, Ola. "Hey, Ola, no. hey, Ola." Never did. Yeah. But I, I will give you credit, Bo. I mean, Crofton. I won't give Bo any credit. Fuck but you. <laughs> Crofton, you're a good son. Organizing this. It was my dad's 70th birthday, like, in April. And, uh, not, like, not only did I not organize anything, he was like, I want to go to the keg. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, I think Wednesday works for me. <laughs> and then I went, and then I didn't even get him a card. I'm the worst son ever. Oh, God. We got her an iPad mini. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, if, there's a, if I believed in hell, I'd be surely going there. Well, that's all right. My dad's also a weirdo, and he didn't really care anyways. Well, my, I think my mom will appreciate it, and we will be sure, good sure. sons. Unlike my loser brother in Calgary who sent me all this money. Wait, I that's guess he's not. That's what lawyers do. They're like, here's money. Take care of my problems for me. <laughs> <laughs> hear that, Deb? You lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I wish I could hear it. I'm working a 100-hour week again. Yeah, and I won't ever listen to your podcast. Um <laughs> Well, speaking that, of people who do listen to our podcast, maybe we should get to a random topic. Yeah, 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 we should, we should, we should find something to talk about. Mike, you got the random topic generator all uh, ready to go? It's ready. All right. How, how's it doing? How's the topic generator doing? By it's way? holding up, but uh, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be. Do we, do we need any of our listeners to send in replacement parts or anything like that? I no, no. Like... It's like it's old school. You know, it's not. It's not. Uh, what do you call it? Planned obsolescence. It predates that stuff. Oh, it's not built like your to iPhone. last forever. Yeah. Hmm. Planned obsolescence. That's a term I like. Anyways, let's uh, <laughs> plan our own obsolescence. <laughs> Bing. Uh, the topic today is malls. Shopping malls? Yeah. No, I feel shooting like malls. We've t- we did like consumerism not that long ago, and I feel like there was one or two others that kind of touched on. We're at the point in this show where everything touches on something well, previously yes. that we've done. I'm touching something right now. <laughs> oh, now. Come on now, Bo. Try to keep together. <laughs> He's right. going. We've lost him. It's too late. You said it went real good, Crofton. Uh, shop, yeah, shopping malls. It's funny too because in the touching on things, our our last episode or one of the last ones was skyscrapers, and I kind of, you know, we've done su- suburbs. We've done a lot of this sort of urban infrastructure stuff that is that is related to urban sprawl or just growth yeah. or what whatever. Well, I feel like this fits in there, though, and it, it sort of ties in consumerism. I feel like if you were to call, you know, a tall building is called a skyscraper, a mall would be like a ground dragger. <laughs> it's like they're, a shit scraper, basically. They're like, oftentimes they're like one story or two and cover like 15 hectares or something ridiculous. Where you're just yeah, like, why are these, why don't they have more floors? Because people are lazy and they don't want to go upstairs. And they're like, and, and I know there's an escalator, but oh, I have to stand on it and it, it goes upwards. It's just such a, such a, here, I'll, I'll tell you a story about me in malls. Now, I come from a smallish village or whatever, not that many stores, 
they most there's more now than when I was a kid. There's no electricity there. Yeah, pr- barely. They, they rolled. They literally rolled logs down the river with like tugboats and stuff when I was growing up. So, so going into town, especially when I was a teen, going into town it was about a half an hour drive or so, was a big deal. And and going to malls was like I don't know. I got like I, I want to say in my early teens or or, or mid teens. I had I had the urge to go to the mall, and this is before digital distribution and stuff like movies and video games and all that. So if you want to see this stuff, you go to the mall. And I was more into stuff like that than clothes. And it wasn't even about hanging out with people. It was just like the idea that all this stuff to look at and. And, and 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 junk food to eat and all all of this is available in one place. Just it felt like a center of entertainment, I guess, for a teenager. And now, as a adult that hangs out way too much with Mike Hodgins and is developing curmudgeonly tendencies, <laughs> I, I sort of I it's sort like of a virus. I don't like to go to the mall. Like when when I think about having to go to the mall, I'm like, oh, I really I really don't want to go. Can I just get in and out? And now I'm doing the driving too, so it's like, oh, well, I got to get parking, and then I got to find my way to whatever I need. Like I just needed to go to the Genius Bar, uh, oxymoronic name for this thing, in the Apple Store the other day, and that's all I needed to do. But all Apple Stores for some reason are in malls, so I had to park at the mall, which is a huge headache, just to walk in for Apple to tell me to go. Fuck a dick, and then, uh, whoa, and then whoa. <laughs> okay. sorry, I'm I still have anger against wow. Apple. Wow, this, um, this is a reading our episode, folks. Yeah. The malls, who'd have thought? <laughs> we really let it hang out with the mall episode today. It, it, and so, and then I, and then I, you know, get back in the car, like go up an escalator, get back in the car, whatever, drive out, and I was like, oh god, I'm so glad I'm gone. But once upon a time, I did like it. So I guess my question to you guys is, have you guys ever enjoyed the mall? I yes. feel like I have a similar experience to you. I grew up uh, uh, in sort of the country where there was no, you know, malls or stores even. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you go to the mall. What I mostly remember about it, because I, I had an older brother, and uh, I still do have an older brother. Oh, he's still alive? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I have an older brother, and he liked going to the mall a lot. Uh, and he was old enough for me that, that he'd always, and he'd always walk like, you know, 10, 15 steps ahead of like my mom and me as a slightly younger kid. Cause, and I think, you know, for him, and as I got older, I was like, when you're living in the country too, like, oh, you might see a girl at the mall, you know, when you're like Ooh. a tween and you're just like, oh. Whereas when you live in the country, you don't see anyone. <laughs> so, so it was like a place to go to see like people and maybe people your own age when you're a younger person as well. It's kind of like it is sort of like all ages friendly, a mall. Maybe not toddler or little, little kid friendly, but like you can go there. So I recall the, the experience being like my brother would be excited and like we'd walk around and there'd be like people. And uh, th- that's and, and usually that I wound up being tired and wanting to leave and being like, can we go now? Because I was sick of trying on pants because I hated clothes shopping and I still hate clothes shopping. The, Same here. Which is okay, why I look so, so terrible. The young person experience at the mall is commiserate with what you're doing there, which is generally not shopping. You want toys when you're a real little kid. So the only part of the mall trip that interests you is getting fed somewhere awesome and oh, yeah. toys and like That's the true. ballroom or whatever playground. If they have one at the mall, you get dropped off at. Um, and as a teenager, it's a place to go loiter. 
it's just a social <laughs> it's just a sh- social place if you're in a local town mall which i spent a lot of time skateboarding in various parking lots of malls and then hanging out inside for no reason other than to you know try and get free water off of people and stuff or whatever so free, yeah free water you know there's probably water around well they, people don't love getting snotty ass kids water who's not going to buy anything and they hang around your 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 thing or whatever so gotta watch out for those loser skateboarders mall and their water drinking like the mall rats movie so yeah i kind of i kind of dug malls i mean uh, not like i wasn't into them but i spent a lot of time i guess skateboarding around parking lots and being around them and pissing off the owners of the place which is always fun it's always fun to make honest business people very mad with your Do awesome you, hobby the um, the mall rats movie you mentioned that just made me think do you think that the popularity of malls, say, in the late 90s, uh, do you think that that's something – because we were all teens at that point and we had different varying interests in the mall. Do you think kids today – sound like an old man. Do you think kids today <laughs> have the same interest in the mall that we did then or do you think it's sort of like there was sort of a, a moment in the zeitgeist with mall rats and other stuff that made malls like – cool at that time i think malls are huge man they're still big because it's still like as much as there's social media and you might be like connecting with people people still like to go and see people and you know wear their nice clothes and look good and especially if you're like a teenager like i still go to the mall sometimes with my kid when i want to overstimulate his brain uh it's not that often but i go there and be like oh yeah there's like lots of people at the mall it's a place where people go yeah but the the difference i think is and i could be mistaken but i feel like Culture, like when I was a kid, I just wanted Transformers toys, and as I got older, I just wanted movies and electronics. Like I had very specific niche things I wanted from there. But there are tons, like the mall on a was it? I don't think per capita is the right word, but like on a per square foot basis. Unless we're talking about not strip malls, but the the box store malls, which we will get to. Like the closed-in malls tend to be predominantly clothing stores or appearance-related. Mm places right and i think more there are more and more kids trying to be fashionable like i like wearing shitty clothes when i and a lot of people were like that like grunge was a thing and even you know there wasn't a big culture at least when i was growing up there were some that liked to wear expensive clothes but cool clothes were fine and cool clothes could be like shitty so you didn't have to go to the mall to get the look necessarily you had to go to like the rock junction and get a rock t-shirt or something like that you know like or the second hand store or a second hand store like there 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 were places to get this kind of stuff so i feel like the culture now like hip-hop being predominant and just like i don't know people are they just find i look at a, young, a lot of young people and i'm like man they have way nicer clothes as young folks than i think i ever did so i think that's a thing so i um, think malls are more popular now because of it yeah i mean i i, I could i could see that I do feel like, yeah, it's like the 90s had kind of um, a bit of a counterculture thing going. Not that it was like the 60s, because it definitely wasn't. Not that I was alive <laughs> in the 60s. But it had the same thing. People were like, oh, music had a bit of a more, it was like a bit of a somewhat more rebellious time. And it was also good economically, I think, a lot like kind of the 60s. And now we're in like the mainstream time again. So it's like, you know, trends, like it's it's not to be anti-trend. It's just trends. and it's Like Drake? Yeah, like Drake. Everyone loves Drake, except me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, thinking it from the other – so when I go to the mall, I'm mostly, you know, annoyed. I don't like to shop really, period. And when I do, I generally know exactly what I want. 
And then so the mall is annoying because it's like, okay, there's like 200 stores here and I need or want one thing and then I'll go there and then leave and you have to walk through this like annoying facade of consumerism and you have no choice. You know, so that irritates me. But, uh, you know, a lot of people like to shop and that's fair game to them. But Oh, go ahead. Turning around and saying like, okay, that to me is a consumer or type of consumer or any kind of consumer that goes there like, I want this and you go there. But what if you're like a store? So so if you're a store and you want traffic, right? You want people walking by your store, possibly going into your store. And I and I just wonder like if you're the store owner, you is being in a mall way better than being on the street. Because like, you know, there's like usually tons of parking at a mall of some kind or another. Uh people are going there maybe for something else, but then they're forced to walk by your store in the example I just stated of my own. So it's just, it's increased traffic. Whereas like if I were to like go to a store that on the street, some random place, I might park in front of it, go into it, leave. And that's mm-hmm. it. But if you've got to go in the mall, you're walking past the food court, you're walking past this or that. It's like you're forced into that. Maybe you're going to impulse buy something else. And I think that if you're a store owner, I would see, I would see how that would be good. I feel like I'd want my store to be in a place where it's like extra hundreds of people walk by it every day. Maybe they don't go in, but maybe one does. And maybe well, that wouldn't have happened if you were down on the street. You know. Well, the, the mall is a destination, whereas it's possible to have shopping streets that become desirable, become destinations in and of themselves. But the mall is by by its very existence a destination. Now you pay a premium to have a store there, obviously. But but as a counterpoint to what you said about clothing or or about about going to the mall, knowing what you want, going in, buying it and getting the hell out, um, you know, when 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 you're buying a car and all the car dealerships are lined up, the reason they're doing that partly is to be like you know, you're going to buy from one of us. If you're looking for a car, this is where you come. And Bo was making the point of all the clothing stores. Like if I want to buy clothes, all I know is I want to buy, I need to buy work clothes or I need to buy summer wear or I need to buy something like this. And maybe I have now stores that are my go-to stores, but at the very least they're they're all put together so that's convenient for me. I'm not driving across town or driving to three or four different destinations. Park my car, go in, go to store one, go to store two, go to store three, go to store four, see what the sales are, compare the sales, perhaps get the best deal for me because these guys are in competition with each other uh, and, and, and are all there. And I'm also able, instead of buying a t-shirt or a shirt I'm maybe okay with, I there's a greater chance of me finding something I will really like because I, I have more more options, more variety. So those are good things that I can see about shopping. Now, here's the thing. I hate clothes shopping, as, as Mike mentioned earlier. But if I need to, I'm going to do it at the mall. I, I, I rarely – only now am I sort of exploring online clothes shopping. Like if I can get my size sorted out and I know, you know, especially for work shirts and different things like that. I can go on and place an online order and have them delivered. But I do think, and I think malls are feeling this, the internet and I mentioned earlier digital distribution are are kind of taking over the world. Bo mentioned that as an adult, he goes for things like movies and games and all that sort of stuff. I'm the same or – Except for you know the clothes that I have to get, the things I want to go see are movies and games, and they're they're all now distributed to me digitally in my own home at the at the click of a button. So I my interest level in going to the mall used to be to go into EB Games or go into HMV, 
And now I don't care. I don't even go into those stores when I go, you know, because I'm like, why would I do that? I have all that stuff at home, right? So I feel like they are becoming obsolete to a certain type of mall goer, which I guess I fall into. Hmm. Yeah, it's the changing face of commerce is is one where like we can get a lot of stuff delivered through Amazon and through eBay. Um, But I think I think the premise of the mall is this we've said the same thing all in a different way we go for a specific reason right but the trap is you're in the mall so the idea is something draws you into the mall but maybe you buy a bit of lunch and maybe you see a cool thing that you didn't know existed like um you go into radio shack and see some piece of junk that they freaking sell at the radio shack the electronic and you're like oh maybe i'll buy that it's cool and you may be going for a pair of pants, but they got a two-for-one deal. And all of a sudden, you're buying pants, socks, and shirts because it seems like value. Like, there's a there's a full-on manipulation to the mall experience. And I think this is true of the big box malls. So we, we talk a lot about the indoor malls, but there's also the outdoor malls where the Walmarts and the Home Depots, the, the more floor space and either bigger value because there's more there, whether it's in price or just in selection. Um, but it's funny, even even the traditional malls still have those. They're like the big anchors, right? Like you, you know, usually there's like a, in Canada, like the Bay and like a Sears or an Eaton's. I don't think Eaton's is dead now. I can't remember. But um, anyways, like at either end of like a mall, there's like the giant floor space department store, which has tons of, which sells basically everything that everyone else sells just all in one big store. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the mall, it's parched out. Um, I guess, you know, one of the things that I find interesting, because it's like you think of the mall, it's like, okay, well, the mall as as opposed to what? And uh, and Crofton basically said it there as opposed to maybe a shopping district street. And we have a few of those. We live in a small city. I think bigger cities like uh, Toronto or presumably many in the United States where it's like, you know, you could just walk down some street and there's just, you know, there's stores, you know, there's this. The main drag is like the commerce section. There's stores, there's restaurants, whatever you walk in the street. I feel like the kind of difference, and I sort of live near one of these streets, Bank Street in Ottawa. It's kind of like a commerce street. You know, you walk it down. Is, yeah, for sure. Yeah, restaurants, stores, whatever. It goes on for a long time. But the difference is for that between the mall is it like directly behind all these stores, there's just houses. Like people live there. It's, in, it's integrated. And I feel like that's the thing that's, that's different. So – but when you go to the mall, it's like um, it's just commerce. Like there's no there's no you know, it's yeah. literally walled off from anything yeah. that's not commerce. Whereas when you're walking down a the street, there might be a park. You might be like, oh, I'll go sit in a park and eat this hot dog I got from the street vendor or whatever. And then you enjoy a tree or something like that. But when you're you're in the mall, like it's it's this com- <laughs> it's completely it's like commerce encapsulated in this building. And I guess that always irks me because I'm kind of anti-consumerist, and it's like the building of consuming. There's no other reason you go there. It's, it's true. Whereas the main drag, you know, you might go to visit friends, and you're going to go walk down and get an ice cream or something, and then, you know, there's a store. Maybe you go in it, maybe you don't, whatever. It's just like I feel it's a more natural mix of how people live. You're going to consume something. Uh, you know, we live in a consumer society. You're going to consume something, but – the mall is like it's just like the epitome of it. It's it's it like uh, condensed, you know. Well, it's the it, modern iteration of like the, the market, right? Because bef- the the point of the market is a convenient location that you can reliably go to to get the goods that you want. Like I'm thinking all throughout history before its iteration now, which is a building with ventilation with air stuff like um, air circulation uh, with 
with, as you said, this claustrophobic sense of people trying to appeal to your all of your senses, your vision, your sound, your sensory experience being in the mall. The whole thing is designed to appeal to you to buy. And if you don't buy anything and hang out, you're pretty much welcome to do that because eventually you'll buy. But and, uh, just to jump in, because I think your market analogy is an interesting one, but I think it's also... Um, it's a modern iteration. I would agree with you on that, except the main difference, I think, is that um, the mall is private property. Like, you can be escorted out of the mall. There's security. They lock the doors at night. Someone owns the mall, right? But whereas the market, uh, the, like, traditional market was probably a public place where people went and set up their shops and you could go and other things happened there and maybe other kinds of business happened there. But it wasn't owned by someone who was like, you may come in at this time or you may not and charge everyone uh, rent. Think, I feel like don't the traditional... don't think occupy a spot, they had to pay a fee or something or get a license? Perhaps or... at some point. But I feel like, you know, if you're, you said going way back, I guarantee there was a time where it sure. was just the kind of central part. Sure. No one was like, I own the square, you pay me this. I mean, there were times where it was more fluid. And I feel like now it's really like someone's like, hey, I got a business venture. I'm going to build a mall and we got to get a bunch of we got to get a couple anchor tenants and then lease out all the stores. It's a it's like it's a specific business, whereas the mm. old school market was more of a a public uh, entity, a place where people went to trade or whatever. You know, I, go- I mean, I agree that it's the modern iteration. I wouldn't I wasn't totally. But all, I, I said earlier and I stand by balls are de- in our society still are destinations like they are like when when people are talking about what they're doing, especially around the during the winter time in Ottawa over the weekend. Like, I mean, they're going to Bayshore Mall. They're going to St. Laurent Mall. These are malls that are that that serve as sort of anchor points for activities, some of which is shopping, some of it is, is, is buying food. Other times there's like activity centers surrounding the mall or things attached to the mall. Um, like a movie theater. Exactly. Yeah. Arcades back in the day. Um, the malls are also, uh, I, I find increasingly, um, they serve target or niche audiences. So, for instance, in 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 the city we live in, there's a there's the oldest mall in the city actually serves the senior clientele, uh, and and so you go there and there's a lot of gray hair and a lot and and the stores that are in that mall are are focused on that that target like market. More, like they're mostly orthopedic shoes stores and dentures <laughs> and uh, yeah and, and the, hat, the, hat stores you and wear Sears. Hat. <laughs> Sears. And, and then uh, and then the downtown. Mall is the closest that this city has to, I guess, a hip uh, mall for the uh, for the young folk with the trendy, trendy and sometimes expensive clothing stores and this sort of thing. And then, of course, there are suburban malls where you see a lot of strollers being pushed around and and young kids and that sort of thing. So they they, they all have their target demographic. Forgot the new outlet mall. Outlet, yes. Yeah, there's outlet a different malls. kind of niche too. Yeah. Right, exactly, and it, 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 for the spendthrift amongst us. Uh, but w- what I'm trying to get, uh, say, I think, with regards to malls being destination and, and them having all these sort of target things, is that the, the the idea of what they're peddling, aside from shopping, is convenience and accessibility. So when Mike was talking about the main street, that's, that's all nice and good. He lives right there next to one. Not everybody does, and therefore it's like parking there can be a huge bitch. I know I've done it uh, many times. Um, it's sometimes uh, uh, the, the closed garden nature of a mall 
allows her to be, you know, their own security. So you maybe you feel more comfortable about your kids running around uh, than you would in like we, we live in a nice a nice city, but some cities maybe the commerce the the open nature of the street or the cars going by or or all that can be a risk to your kid that you just want to go in the mall and and not worry about them so much if they get lost there'll be somebody that helps them um all that sort of there's a lot of conveniences temperature control you know all, all that sort of stuff so there's they're they're peddling a a comfortable shopping experience mm-hmm. um and that's what makes it, that's what makes it a destination and honestly i i definitely see the appeal of that and especially we live in a in a very um, a climate, a var- variant climate, where the summer it's it's very warm, too warm. Some would say sometimes in the winter it's very, very cold. And uh, to go outside between all these stores, like there's there's a convenience to just to just go and have them all in one place inside one building. Is having a young child myself, I've gone a couple of times during the winter where I've, I've very much appreciated. So I can see the benefit to it, mm-hmm. but I think that. As a society, we're moving to less malls. I'm part of me is hoping, part of me feels that just the way the economy is going, it's going to be less malls. But let's not shy away from that's the positive. The negative, in my my view, is a lot of what has already been said is the fact that these essentially are locations that epitomize the spending and disposable nature of society, like the capitalistic society that we live in. So, I mean, there is so much. You look. You walk in a mall. You look at those garbage pails are like overflowing with with like plastic cups and stuff like that. And in Canada, we're not nearly as bad as in the states. You go into the you see junk everywhere. There's so much disposable shit that you can buy that is just immediately thrown away. Or there's a lot of people, a lot of marketing teams, and I've been a member of one of these teams that set up shop and are giving out free like wristbands and junk like that. And uh, and so I mean, it it is sort of. An icon for for the the worst excesses of North American, in particular, society. I think. Well, and you know, and this this comes back. It is funny that we just talked about skyscrapers, and and we we in that episode referred to we talked about suburbs, and and this this episode it's a bit of a crossover between urban planning and and just sort of consumer culture and whatever, because. Part of it is is the fact, like it seems you know it seems convenient and uh, you to be like okay there's a central place where all the stores are, and it's con- it's convenient because the design of the area is one of not ba- is is based around the car, and it was the same you know when we talked about suburbs are they're designed around cars and so it doesn't matter if you're far from a commercial district it's cheaper for a for a developer to be like okay giant block of houses here surrounded by five other giant blocks of housing and then it's just put another block of commercial over there who cares if it's a 45 minute walk for someone uh to get there or an hour walk they'll just take their car mm-hmm. and we'll have a giant parking lot and that's how it's designed and you know you, you mentioned that i live on one of near these streets and and so do you croft in the kind of commerce seat or street but the, and the, the, the interesting thing about that and it's become a bit more of a destination now people come here and it's like parking's a bit of a, a headache sometimes and whatever but the, it's because the, the neighborhood I live in was designed like 120 years ago when there was no cars. And, and so that's how it was designed on a more human scale. It was very much like, okay, well, houses are here, so you have to have things like grocery stores, stores where people – general stores, hardware stores, which my neighborhood has all of these things. Set Lansdowne. What? Set Lansdowne. 
Well, it's got a grocery store. Yeah, the Lansdowne is like a giant outdoor mall complex that was designed last year, right? Oh, yeah, it's new. There. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the the one exactly. But it's interesting that the one new is just sort of designed, and that was it got a lot of criticism for that for being just designed how you design a big suburban sort of strip mall, whereas the rest of the community is like there's this commercial street, maybe with a few streets with a little bit of commercial kind of spilling off them. Mostly, it's residential. You walk to the main drag, you can get everything you need everything's walkable because when you had no cars it's what you did and then it's a draw for people to you're know, like oh these neighborhoods and the real estate's expensive because it's got everything you need the bottom line is like it's like the cars have dictated how we design our whole societies and it's all around like blocks of this and blocks of that it's just don't and, and i guess for me that's the, what bugs me is there's no elegance in it right there's no like it's just it's it's like it's not thought out. I feel like to me an elegantly designed place or one that's naturally designed just have how people live, which is one where you can live here, your work's not too far away, you can walk to work or take a bike or whatever, and then you can buy kind of whatever you need all around there and kind of having that replicated as you go. And I mean people often cite European cities as being like, "Oh, it's interesting you go to a European city and it's like it's very everything's walkable it's like yeah because they were built when there was no cars and it's like they're just of a different they're designed for a different scale of living and i just feel like malls are designed around car living and i feel like we need to move away from that and we're still building and designing in north america in particular in that way and i'm like it's not sustainable is it is it not sustainable like i mean no it's totally unsustainable everyone having a car or two and mostly, a lot of these families have two cars. Uh, someone, I think it was my dad, was telling me he heard a statistic that it's getting up to like three cars per family in a lot of like suburbs wow. because it's kind of like you Everyone... might have kids who are teenagers, and it's like, well, you have a car, and then dad goes to play golf, and you're like, well, now I can't get anywhere. I can't get anywhere, and the bus doesn't come for another hour, so we need another car. And then you get another car, and then your kids are older, and you got two of them, and they have one. You you, you keep the old beater car for your kids, and you each have your own car. It's insane and it's stupid. And I feel like, okay, with the way it's designed now, I'm like, I feel like, okay, maybe you need a car as a family. I have a car, but I'm like, two cars or three cars for one family is insane. But if someone leaves the house and you functionally can't go anywhere, maybe you need another car. And that's what I mean about sustainability. Like, if we continue having to have families require two cars plus just to live where they live, that's not – I don't think that's sustainable. I'm talking about climate change and other types of environmental impact that are related to how we build our cities, particularly in I, America. But yeah, like no, we're building I, homes. The commerce has to go somewhere. So so what I, I just don't get though, Mike, is like the sort of – I get what you're saying. I do and I agree with it. But like with skyscrapers, I worry about like – sort of idealism and naivete sort of meeting somewhere where whereas the realities may not be so easy to design a perfect city where everything is set up. I feel like there are limitations that allow for the creation of these malls that we're not thinking of. Like there are there are big items that we need to buy that need cars to transport them or maybe i live next to a street it's got a lot of great stores but it doesn't have stores selling everything that i need so i've got to go to you know another street and then i've got to find parking on that street or whatever like it, not everybody is ever going to be living next to one of these commerce streets unless you had like some sort of 
the absolute perfect urban design, which is probably utopic and, and, and not necessarily realistic. So are malls just natural occurrences once population density gets the, you know, fairly large, like you look at the urban center of Ottawa, the Rideau Center is sort of like inside of existing buildings. It just sort of organically fits in there. And you see a lot of these big malls, they sort of organically uh, in, in big in big urban centers, they sort of organically exist in the center. I think of Montreal, there's a big underground, all the mall runs underground, they're all interconnected. It's weaved into sort of the fabric of the city. It's not like a giant block that just sits on, on – those Those exist, don't get me wrong. But I feel like that malls are always going to exist if our society is structured the way it is financially, economically with capitalistic uh, tendencies as opposed to – it's not just an urban planning thing, I don't think. I think malls naturally form in commerce districts. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't disagree that it's kind of like uh, it, it's the reality of now, but that doesn't. But I still just don't feel like that. That's it's just because it was created this way, and this is a recent thing. This is like we're talking about like 1950s onwards. This is the type of design that's like you know, it, this is a that's a small, small sliver of human history that we've designed around. Big blocks, like, and, and it's true, like population density. But the more we were talking about in the skyscraper episode, that's becoming more and more, more bullshit. Like, you don't need to go to the pl- to this central place to work, and like, you could be do it from anywhere. And and there is a growing urban planning mo- movement, and there's a lot of it in Europe, which is around like integrated communities, where there are communities that are the idea is you have you have workspace where people could go. Um, where there are businesses could set up or they could have offices in those areas and there's and there's uh, residential and commercial all integrated people don't really have to leave the particular area unless they choose to for whatever purposes but i guess my feeling around the mall and it's tied to and i know you know there's still like the downtown malls and those things as well um and they've been made a destination because consumerism is like the engine of our of our economy and it's like and and again, it is unsustainable. <laughs> it just it it just is like to be like our whole economy propped up on buying shit, manufactured at slave labor wages overseas is not sustainable. Like it's just it's it's not. It will crash at some point, and arguably, it kind of been dragging its ass since two thousand eight because not much has changed since then in terms of the economy. So when it crashes, what do malls become? Do we get the? It becomes you know, big sports dead- arenas. And there are some. You can look up these internet uh, in certain places like Detroit and stuff like that, which have imploded well, for economic dead in Detroit. Where you can look at like abandoned mall pictures on the internet and like they're spooky places. You know, no one it's, – it's interesting. And like, yeah, what do these places become? Like weird ghost towns like or – Yeah, but eventually I... it's it's still a man-made structure. Eventually someone's going to take it and do something. Like we could turn it into housing or something like that. Like, but, it's, but it's also expensive and difficult to – to op- like a small building is a lot easier to maintain than a gigantic one. Sure. Like the amount of energy yeah, to heat resources. a space like in an open atrium mall is like kind of insane. And uh, and it is nice. And I agree with all the points of like comfortable and convenience of like it's wintertime. I got a kid and I spent me some time in Ikea, which is just its own mall. Uh, and I've enjoyed going there. I'm like I'm not, I'm not all crapping on them. Uh, I just – I feel like I play a role in what I feel is unsustainable. I'm part of that society. Um, that doesn't mean I can't say it's like 
needs no, to no. I, no, I just – I guess what I feel is is like um, – because I agree with essentially mostly everything you're saying. I just find that that people like us get pigeonholed um, – by people that are may, maybe supportive of malls and saying that we are not realistic in in what we're what we're proposing in many in many ways, and and when you're explaining it, sometimes I'm just listening and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound like, I mean, I in an ideal perfect magical world like a Sim City video game where I'm like, oh, I can just magically do all this sort of stuff. It kind of it kind of I can see where it makes sense, but when the rubber meets the road, like it just feels like we are it miles away from having like a perfectly structured city and maybe it's beyond the limitations of my imagination but i i feel like when i go to montreal in specifically and the downtown core where from i can walk out of a metro stop and then i'm in like sort of a mall that connects to another metro stop and then i come out and i'm at the university and then you know like there's there's a there's a, a restaurant street and all this it just feels like it's it, it is kind of well thought out and in many ways like malls like that I think favorably of the underground malls of Montreal as opposed to say some of the big blob malls that are on the outskirts of this city um, so I, I just like while I agree with a lot of the points that Mike's raising I just at the same time I feel I feel like there's no magic solution and I feel naive a bit thinking that like that that malls are just something that well, that we could do away with without them sort of magically rebuilding themselves where there's a bunch. Like you get a commerce street, you get – we're in a low population city. You get a high population. Next thing you know, it's a two-story commerce street. Next thing you know, they built like a glass thing over top of it. Next thing you know, you're in a mall. Like I mean it just it just feels like me, population density leads to the creation well, of, let me of also, commerce centers. Let me you know? also counter too that you were talking about – no one wants to live next to a high traffic area like a mall or whatever. Like, it's actually the people. It's not just the selfish mall owners and the people wanting the business. Much of us wants to own next to heavily foot traffic place like that. Like nobody does. Well, I, too. well, I own next to the a commerce street. I live like three houses or four houses off one of those streets, and it doesn't feel that way because it's integrated. And I mean, to the point of like. No, is but it what about the people who live on the street? Like, I wouldn't want to live there. I guess is what I'm saying. Like on the actual, on the actual street, because there are residences along the Commerce Street. You don't. Yeah, you live some, but not many. It. Like, it's pretty. It's funny how much as soon as you're like half on a the block second off story, it. probably a lot of apartments, right? Yeah, actually, there's lots of apartments on Bo, the second story. Bo lives. Uh, Bo lives in one right now. Yeah, that, you live in one. <laughs> I know, and it's annoying. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> this Sunday, there was the marathon. So like oh, you eight him. eight in the morning, there's like. A Five billion people yelling out my window, cheering when dude trying to sleep in because it's the weekend. Like God, Bo, no offense, but that makes me think. I'm like, that is a neat event. Go out and observe it. It's interesting. Today on my street, yeah, it'd be a great a event if it was during normal human hours, and not eight in the morning. No, like, but I think he, actually Bo makes a good point. Just because you're interested in the marathon doesn't mean he has to be. In the marathon. It just it, it it interferes with his. It's interfering with his life. So living off those, there are compromises like, you make. I can't. I understand how Mike's like. Oh, yeah. my thing is it's perfectly integrated, yeah. but I, I think it's true. 
most people would not want to live off a of commerce also, street. They also, want to be have a buffer, you know. To add to that, and you know, I make do. But if you want to go and pick up your your newspaper, not that anyone has one in your house coat, you probably can. And a few people you see or whatever. I'm on a commerce street. Everyone's dressed super great out there, you know, like or whatever. Like I, I always feel like. God, when I wake up and I've got like snot in my nose and crust in my eyes and I haven't cleaned my ears and I smell like I haven't bathed in three days, like I go out and there's people everywhere, you know, it's just like, ah, why am I living here? But I call that, uh, like, that's like life, you know, I'm like it's nice. No, to be because if you live I, somewhere off, you walk out and you're not that, you're not in close proximity to people. I have the, the barbershop guys, I hear them talking all the time because they bring the chairs outside and they're blah, blah, blah all day and can't tell them to stop it's part of their charm for the business. <laughs> so basically you don't like people and you should probably no leave. it's that they're it's you're not I think Bo's you're, raising interesting you're, points you're, and you're, you're just, just taking it to the extreme yes, I, I like people yeah. but people go to the mall when they're ready to go to the mall or they're ready to go to commerce town and most people even if you live two like two seconds away from it down the road like you do you have a buffer I don't have a buffer. Like my we world, right my on home, it, but I mean, like that buffer can be pretty. My tiny. home world I, is, but I feel like that general is sentiment right is is part of the problem. Like human selfishness of like I don't like this and I don't want it to be near me. So I'd rather it be way off there. And when I'm good and ready to damn well go there, I'll get in my car and I'll drive there. And everyone's like that. It's like it's just like it's like human nature to be kind of selfish and not like anything you don't, I don't want. Think it's right now. selfish to have a mall to it's have a place where the commerce like, takes to place. To me, to be like annoyed by a marathon, which is like thirty thousand people running on once a year, and you're like, it woke me up. I hate being next to this. I'm like, you sound like a whiner. That's what living in a vibrant city is, and a lot of people would think that's cool. And you're just like, it's it's annoying. Why it's, couldn't it be out in the suburbs where it didn't bother it's anyone? It's cool, but it's at eight in the morning. Well, yeah, look. Okay, stuff happens in a city, and I just feel like people, and I think it's driven by kind of selfishness and self-centeredness, which is kind of how we design it. Is it like, I don't want to ever be bugged, and I want everything to be convenient for me now, and I don't want to ever deal with anything else. But I feel like the reality of like culture and society, it's like there's a whole mishmash of people, and it's like I feel like it should be more integrated uh, because that's just aspects. It should, but of it life. sounds like you're 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 advocating that no uh, for like no one should feel bugged by anything because. We have to live with compromise. Yeah, you, you and, are kind of saying like, like every everybody d- doesn't like things, but screw them, or they want this, but screw them. They should have it like this because I want it integrated. I also it's think not a compelling argument. This, I mean, it's it's fair enough. We live in North America, but this is a very North American way to look at it. Like when you travel, and I actually haven't been to Europe, but my wife studies urban design and works for the city, and a lot of European cities are like go-to places to look at how urban design integrates livable cities, right? And because oftentimes they're old and we're designed differently. And I spent a lot of time in Asia where there's like commerce and and uh, there's big malls there too, but commerce and business and residential, it's just like a big mishmash. And I just feel like we live in a, in this place that was like, it, it, it's a it's a it's a new a lot of development is newer here by the standards of the rest of the world and i just think we've blocked it off a lot and the car the car industry uh which which was the economic engine and still is largely of north america is driving the way we live so when crawford says and i think it's really astute to point out like it seems naive and utopic but i feel like that's because most of us um you know and i include myself in this have trouble seeing beyond what's in front of our noses, which was put there 
by, by people just like us not that long ago. And yet we have difficulty seeing that the world can be any different because it is this way. But how else can you achieve change unless you try to envision something that isn't as it is? And I'm like, I just feel like urban design, the way we plan our cities is just totally backwards. And I feel sad for us that we're like, but that's just how it is. You know, I'm like it's only been like that for like 50 years, for God's sake. Just to uh, just to change tact, and I don't normally like to research shit, uh, but I was just curious where the world's biggest malls were. Um, and uh, it's funny because I'm looking at the list. There's a Wikipedia article, and the first American mall is like four is like thirtieth on the list, um, and and almost. All of the biggest malls are either in China, the Philippines, or Iran. Which I oh, there's nothing from uh, Saudi Arabia in there or United Arab Emirates. They got uh, some. What's KSA? It's the second biggest. What's KSA here? Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Okay, yeah, it has it has the second biggest. There you go. But then it's like it's. Three Chinese malls, two Philippine malls, two Iran malls, one Malaysia one, one Philippines, Thailand, Turkey, uh, um, Philippines. Oh man, Philippines! And, is, so so here's it's interesting that you mention that because I think I've been in some of those malls. I've definitely been in massive ones in Bangkok, and I've been probably in the one in Malaysia too. Wow, you don't brag it, too much, do you? <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> He, he said he wasn't in Europe earlier, which is, you okay, know. But hang on. I need to say something about this, too, because yeah, it adds to the conversation. It adds to the conversation that um, we talked about skyscrapers, but malls also feature, like, malls are malls and they're everywhere. And sure, you can dislike the, like, I think they're obnoxious places that I hate going now as an adult. I w- would actively avoid malls. Um, but some of them are built to be, like, well, not world wonders, but some of them are built with, the same way that you know casinos and skyscrapers are built like you have these crazy gigantic ones like the edmonton mall isn't that our big mall in canada like that's the crazy one with a roller the coaster the west edmonton yeah yeah, yeah it's so got like a there are in malls that are just destinations and let me tell you about a pet peeve because we didn't mention it yet and i need to get it out there so i don't travel much uh, mike just listed off a whole bunch of places he's been to and that's great i'm happy for him i haven't traveled much but when i do travel you know what people i've been with they want to visit the fucking mall in like oh let's go to boston or let's go to toronto let's go to the mall or in montreal and i'm like i don't want to go there and it's like the same stores there's nothing special in these north american destinations about visiting a mall it drives me nuts going to visit places of commerce in other places and I'd say that's just personal taste, except it's not like there are unique wares there. I imagine, Mike, when you traveled to visit the malls, you saw cool things that you wouldn't see here. So it made it an adventure. But good lord, if you're in within the if you're in white people land, I mean there are other cultures here, but you know the predominantly white world of North America. Don't fucking visit malls when you go to other uh, cities. And it's funny, and I have visited malls, and I also think that some places in Asia are like. You know, we talk about capitalism being insane and consumerism here. I feel like it's even more insane there. And it's like because it, it just seems like it's everywhere. Every street you walk down, there's something to buy everywhere. It's insane. And then they'll have these giant malls. So I did visit this mall in Bangkok. And I do – my takeaway from it was like, wow, the malls we have in Canada are pieces of garbage in terms of mall. Like so if you're thinking like, oh, you go to the mall. It's like a big mall. Not only giant mall. 
like giant malls of like glistening and i think of like bangkok for example is like a kind of rough city it's, it's like a ton of poor people and like it's kind of you know it's got its ratty parts but the mall it's like you go in there and you're like oh man this is like everything's glimmering gleaming marble everything and there was in this in this on like the, the fifth floor of this giant mall there's like a Lamborghini store, a Lamborghini store <laughs> in a mall. And I was like, how do you even get, how do you even get the, the, the Lamborghini out of the store? It's on the fifth floor. And who buys a Lamborghini at the mall? And I was just like, this is okay. Insane. Before I have a question. Oh, sorry. I just really wanted to add, but you, you recorded good, bad or bullshit from a coffee shop. Was it in a mall? No, it was some guest house. That was, uh, I thought maybe it, you were in a coffee shop at one point at Bose coffee, actually. Remember Bose Coffee? Oh, that was some place, but no, I I didn't before before Mike gets too caught up on the on the glistening, large, shiny, luxurious malls of Bangkok. Um, I'd like to I I'd like to move to verdicts because yes, I I feel like I'm sort of hit the my wits end on malls. Croft has been thinking about that penis reference for like 10 minutes and I can't interrupt. Both, I can see you are face. gross. You are I did not even think that. That is oh, disgusting. Guys. Oh, well, wow. why bring in the farm animals? Why though? are you blaming me? You're the one who's obsessed with Bangkok. It's true. It's my fault. You're right. Order in the cart. I'll Verdict go first. So I'll go second. I think it's kind of obvious yeah. what I'm going to say. I'll just get it out of the way. Walls are bad. I feel like the mall is like the icon of what's wrong with their goddamn world. To <laughs> be like, it's this veneer of clean, like uh, glistening consumerism that hovers, that, that covers a facade of like shitty low wage jobs, like throwaway society, and and doesn't even like when I've been to these malls and places, like even just thinking of that Bangkok one, where you're, where you're like, this is nothing like the culture in which it lives, and it's also culture of like of like, it's just like there's no culture. It's of X culture. You go to a mall in any place, it's like the same. You could be anywhere, like. What's the point of traveling and going to visit a mall? Your point, Bo, is like, it's insane to be like, oh, let's go visit the mall. Like, hey, look, there's a gap. Like, oh, great. I, I've, I've experienced a local culture. of um, What a great travel experience. Malls are garbage. We should get rid of them. They like, the whole way we design our cities is like, we're going to hell in a handbasket. And the mall is going to be like leading the way. So, yeah, bad. Geez, Mike, tell us what you really think. I don't like malls. <laughs> All right, I'll go next. I look. I was trying to defend malls a little bit. Um, I had a time in my life where I like going to malls. Uh, I I am limited maybe by imagination, but I definitely don't see a world right now without malls. They just are a part of it. Part that kind of made me want to lean to bullshit. But Mike's points are well made. They are a tremendous strain of resource. They are uh, – they symbolize and epitomize a lot of what's wrong with with society, the, the great excesses in this. So I won't go on too long. I'll just say that I also think that malls in general are bad. Well, well now. All right. So I felt like I was pretty quiet this episode. 
Although, you know, it's kind of, I, I'm super impressed, especially with Mike having such a strong opinion on malls when you, because when you think of malls, you, you kind of think like, it's a benign place where I buy things. And apparently, it's a scourge on the modern world. And I think I commiserate with Crofton a bit in that I do have fond memories of, of getting into trouble at malls, of looking forward to buying cool shit at malls as a kid and a teenager and maybe even a young adult. But as I've developed, I strongly dislike going to mall places. The sensory experience is obnoxious, and I feel pandered to, and I feel I feel like the look of it feels unnatural in a way that is somehow unsettling, but, but it would be hard to really articulate what it is. So, um... I kind of, and sometimes I get angry in the mall. Sometimes I just get angry in the mall. Like, and it's not at the people. I like places with people, but generally the storefronts piss me off. A lot of stuff about malls really set me off. And so, I, you know, I'm going to come down and say that malls are, malls are bad. Yeah, unanimous. I, I think, I think I like the character of those, you know, commercial roads that Mike has, has talked about, and I like ordering things online. So there's a reason why that's becoming more and more popular because people fucking don't like going to malls. So you know, uh, all you real estate developers, uh, go away, and uh, you know they'll find some other way to to ruin our lives. But um, yeah, malls are pretty shitty. So triple bads, I'd like to go back and see when the last time, if ever, we gave triple bads. I it's feel war, like gave war triple bad. Yeah, malls of war. <laughs> I'm pretty. Did we give death? Like, cause death we no, did. Good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Hodgins. So Hodgins. Good for death, bad for malls. Well, yeah, it makes sense. Mike would rather die than spend the rest of his life no, in a mall. No, it's not even that. You know, no, you don't, don't get him started. Please. I know, I know, I know. Okay, we'll get you started. Um, so, uh, so yeah, if you have an opinion on malls, we'd like to hear from you, mall defenders. If you're out there, uh, tumbleweeds going by right now. You wouldn't notice though because we're in a mall. Um, so, good, bad, or uh, goodbadbull.com is the website. You can find everything there. Um, all our previous episodes, we got the archives up there. You can reach us, give us your ideas, your feedback. Uh, goodbadbull at gmail you can also follow us on Twitter at GoodBadBull. You can find out when the latest episode drops and uh, and all that good stuff. Also, um, we got a Facebook group. GoodBadBull is is the word. Facebook.com slash GoodBadBull. And we'd like to thank our Patreon supporters. You can go to Patreon.com slash GoodBadBull, I'm assuming. I forget, but I think so. Um, and uh, and support us. Every little bit helps. We really appreciate it. To those of you who already do, thank you so much. Uh, and, of course, we are individuals of an individual nature. Um, and you can follow us all somewhere. Uh, Butch. No, I'm Butch. Cassie. Wait. I'm <laughs> Horse, horse. Where can where can people follow you, horse? They can follow me at Bo Schwartz. And I do want to drop one other little note here, real quickly. If you're enjoying the show, if you're one of the few but awesome people that have found the show and enjoy it, and you know, go to iTunes, please, and review our show. I'm not going to tell you to give us five stars because that would that would undermine the nature of our show, but. It's really great hearing feedback, and we'd love to see some activity. And don't think 
someone else is going to do it because we have a small audience. So please go and review our show. That's my request. That's my homework for, for <laughs> listeners show sucks. today. One star. All right, fine. Freedom of choice, listeners. I want your honest answer, and I don't want you to pander to us. We don't pander to you when we do it. Yeah, okay, show. horse, where can they follow you? Sundance. I said at Bo Schwartz. Oh, right, okay. You can find my tweets shitting on malls. I might just do a tweet right, very after the show, shitting on malls. Malls suck. Do it. Uh, at ML Hodgins. And uh, you can follow me at Croft and Sears on Twitter as well. Uh, gentlemen, one thing I was thinking about during our conversation on malls was um, George Romero's – it's Dawn of the Dead, I think, that was the one that was set in the mall. And uh, it's um, kind of – Kind of a, a a take on consumer culture, um, and they had like sort of the zombies and all this. And ever since then, malls have been a place that people tend to take shelter from the zombie apocalypse. And I must say that if the zombie apocalypse did happen, I would very much consider taking shelter in a mall. Man, I mean, I, wouldn't I go in the fucking woods? Um, that sounds like a bad idea. Why? There's no dead people. There's no people there to turn into zombies. Well, they're they're gonna. If walk. I was a zombie, I'd be like, I want to eat someone. Where am I gonna go? Oh, people like the mall. I'll go there. No, but like, once you kill all the zombies in the mall, you just close off the mall. You've got all the resources from how all the stores. Work, how work out for them again in the movie. I don't. <laughs> I feel like it didn't. It wasn't like a utopia. It worked out real good. Sealed off all our woes. It's fictitious. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fictitious story. They got to make it seem bad, but in reality, the mall would be awesome. It's just for... it would be just a smart place. You have a lot of stuff that you could use to fight zombies too. You know, like I Lamborghini. You go to I tell you, Michael, you go to the malls and you just there's people all over the place and they don't know what they want. And like there's there's just ads and money and it's crazy. I think I'll go right now. Are you a fan of the Good, Bad or Bullshit podcast? Consider supporting the show by becoming one of our valued patrons at Patreon.com. For as little as the cost of one cup of coffee a month, your generous support will help keep the random topic generator oiled and fueled for future generations. Find out more at Patreon.com slash Good, Bad, Bull.